Trump features functions and, you know, we also say and toasters. <laughs> this, this whole idea of kind of buying... Hello and welcome to the fifth of our Think Like a Brand, Not a Bank midweek mini-series of the Rockstar CMO FA Marketing Podcast, based on the book of the same name by my chum Liz High and her co-author Alison Netzer. Happy hump day. I hope you're having a good week. Regular listeners, do not adjust your sets. Yes, it's Wednesday and we'll be back as normal on Saturday. In a moment, you'll hear from Liz, an insight ninja, marketing strategist, speaker and author who has worked with some amazing brands and more recently has focused on supporting fintechs, banks and credit unions to embrace brand thinking and has written a book about it. I'm your host, Ian Truscott. I'm no rock star, but a seasoned B2B tech CMO with a marketing book buying problem. And don't be deterred by not a bank in the title as I'll be on hand as there's plenty of general marketing street knowledge in the research and insights found in this book. Speaking of which, Liz's book describes five principles. Last week, we talked about a third of those. Cue the remix. This week, we look at the fourth. Remember, product isn't what it used to be. But first, <laughs> we need to pay the bar tab. I'll be back in a moment. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome back, Liz, to our little mini-series, Think Like a Brand, Not a Bank. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Jolly um, good. And it's a weekend in the California sunshine, so... Uh, yeah. I'm back to cold and rainy Seattle now, which is actually quite nice. <laughs> and normally we're saying it's a Monday morning for you, but today we're doing it on Tuesday. So Tuesday, yeah. you had a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we're going to talk about today is the fourth principle from your book. Remember, product isn't what it used to be. Uh, tell us why is it that product isn't what it used to be, Liz? Well, I think particularly in the, the world of banking, which has always really been defined product first. Right. It's been a, you know, the way that businesses are built, the way that leadership teams are created and structured is very much Mm -hmm. around the idea of product and product being mortgage, bank accounts, et cetera. And you've touched on that before in that that's the way these organizations are kind of siloed, isn't it? And you're very focused around those individual products. Yeah, exactly. But if you think about and, you know, you know, Google what matters to Gen Z and mm-hmm. you'll find that the primary thing that that matters to the next generation and, you know, millennials as, as well is mm-hmm. a sense of choosing brands and institutions that reflect their values. Right. Yeah? Anyone can sell a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Anyone can compete, can compete on rates. 
But in that scenario, the the future decisions are going to be made around, do I believe in this institution? Do I trust this institution to represent me? Yeah, yeah. I I would um I would argue against the fact of what you just said. Uh, I mean, as the expert talking, so maybe I shouldn't argue against you. But um, what what I like there, what what I'm thinking is, I'm not really sure whether that's the future of decisions because I think trust in is such an important part. I mean, I'm obviously representing B two B in in this conversation or or anything other than finance, right? Mm-hmm. But I think I think trust is trust is already there, isn't it? And that. And that we choose products and, and sometimes we, we justify products that maybe aren't the cheapest or aren't the best value or aren't the really the right one we should have chosen based on something we fall in love with, right? It, or that we we have this feeling for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I you're 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 actually right, Ian. So a lot of this stuff is it's it's not it's coming, it's actually here now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. time to really adjust the mindset to think beyond the conventional. Yeah, and yeah. really, this idea of your mission is as important, or is as much your product as the things right. that you sell now. Yeah, right. And I can't remember if you've already mentioned this, but in the book you were talking about a Gallup poll on on the trust mm-hmm. in in, mm-hmm. in in finance and fintech, and the, and this sort of notion of shared values. Uh, shared value and values right so what's the difference between shared value and values so shared value to me is this concept of you know a fair exchange between what do I get from my bank or financial institution from what I put into being a customer right so that's a fair exchange of value Mm -hmm. but a fair exchange of values is where Mm -hmm. it feels like this isn't institution or an organization that reflects the things that are important to me if i believe in environmentalism that institution reflects that view if i believe in giving back to the community that institution reflects that view to me that's shared sharing values as opposed to shared value value right and so in in your um in, in the book, you talk about the fact that the product isn't the best way to communicate that, right? So the product isn't a vehicle for value. Is it a vehicle for values? And no, it's not a vehicle for values. Is it a vehicle for value? Let me get this right. Yeah. So, no. yeah. so yeah. I think conventionally, it is the vehicle for value. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily the vehicle for values, unless you get into really thinking about, you know, some of the niche concepts that we've talked about previously. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how do you so how how should um, banks and financial institutions from your world approach this? Like. I mean, I can imagine for, from from our perspective, from a B2B tech perspective, right, often the product is the statement of the thing that you do and the value that mm-hmm. it has from that perspective, right? And then we talk about, um, you know, what is it that we're trying to achieve, what needs we're answering in the audience and all that kind of stuff. How does that work in your world, in the finance world? So it comes back to taking a view of what matters to the customers that we serve and to thinking more about the concept of outcomes Mm -hmm. than thinking about the concept of product sales. Right, 
So right. one of the things that, and I, I know, you know, taking it forward into the, you know, you, your side, the the kind of B2B tech, if I think about, yeah. you know, and Alison and I, the co-author were working yeah. at, at Nimbus, yeah. then took a really big risk to not sell product. Right. Uh, as a as a you know a man who's been a product manager who's kind of you know, <laughs> can yeah. you you know how difficult that CMO CSO yeah. strategy conversation is when you go to yeah. your product team and say we're going to focus on marketing outcomes. Yes, yeah, yeah, and, and you and I have done some work on outcomes in the past. We've always we've always talked about outcomes. Well, it certainly yeah. um, certainly you have. So yeah. what's what's so how does how does that work in the in the finance industry. So what sort of outcomes are we talking about? And what sort of examples of, of you've always got great examples. What are the examples yeah. of this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember whether I've talked about it before. But, um, you know, one of the big um, challenges that's kind of coming through is, is the, particularly in the US, the mm-hmm. whole notion of the fertility market. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of um, the last stat that I looked at, it says that, you know, by 2023, 25% of, you know, people that want to start families will mm. at some point seek fertility treatment and advice. Wow. Okay. And there's actually, if you That's think... That's quite an outcome. Yeah, no, no, it is. But if you yeah. think about that, banks lend you money for houses because they get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Led you money yeah. for cars because they get that. Yeah. But if you're thinking about what's the most important thing that a family can yeah. do, it's actually yeah. make a family. Yeah, yeah. But wow. the money that's required to do that. So if you go through one, mm-hmm. two, three rounds of fertility treatment in the US, that can mm-hmm. be $25,000 and upwards. Right, right. Yeah, so, um, so, um, a massive considered purchase. Yeah, a massive considered purchase. Right. Yeah. But no bank would feel felt like comfortable about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, it's the same product. Yeah. It's just yeah. a loan. It's an unsecured yeah. loan because you can't secure it against your children. They're not going to read. But it's an unsecured loan, which is a mm. perfectly comfortable product. Yeah. But if you yeah. think about your mission. Mm-hmm is about helping families to achieve you know their goal yeah then that's a very different that's a mission that's a purpose it's not a product but it's still a product yeah a conventional bank can deal with this as a loan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. future financial institution needs to think about what are the Mm -hmm. milestones the moments that really matter to customers and then how can I deliver those using a product, but without yeah. making that my product? And that's where kind of brands really come right. in to, to play there. Right. And you could do that around any life event, presumably, like um, a, 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 people getting married. You know, there's a huge amount of expense there, isn't there? And you can yep. think about, I mean, at the moment, it's easy for banks, like you say, because of the security, I guess, is that it's easy for them to think about first car, first house, yeah. that kind of stuff. But there's these other unsecured things that we all need finance for. Yeah. Yeah. you could build something around yeah. you also um you also have talked about um banks that are very much focused on 
you know, serving a particular community. And I think in the book you talked about Studio Bank in the US, yeah. a, a bank for artists. So is that, the, I mean, that's also part of this mission, isn't it? And the values and value yeah. exchange that you were talking yeah. about. So Studio Bank, unsurprisingly, is in Nashville, one of my favorite <laughs> cities in the, in the US. Yeah. As a super vibrant music scene, everybody is a writer, everybody is a singer-songwriter, everyone is mm. a musician. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, I have not been in a single Uber drive, Uber ride <laughs> in Nashville where I haven't been being driven by a musician or a songwriter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's a hustle culture. Mm-hmm. It's one of the hardest industries in the world. So Studio mm-hmm. Bank was set up specifically to deal with, you know, you have irregular income. Mm-hmm. You have... Um, you know, sometimes you'll get a great gig and you'll suddenly have a lot of money, but you yeah. won't necessarily know what to do with it. So the whole idea behind it was mm-hmm. to really deeply understand the the artistic market of Nashville right. and then build a set of products and services that dealt with the irregularity of income, the need for financial education and right. creating a culture. I mean, you should see their branch. It's like amazing. You know, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. They have local yeah. artists that do I mean, they live that brand. Right, right. And right. it just, that's a perfect example of creating almost a safe haven. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a credit card, but they look at it in slightly different ways. They look at credit rating in a slightly different way. Right, um, right. So it's all the same products that any other bank would products. offer. It's just that they can then tinker with the product slightly so it suits somebody's lifestyle a bit better Mm -hmm. but also just the way that they're communicating how they can help they're communicating how they can help in a very specific way that a artist is going to completely understand exactly and they're going to feel like they're part of something yeah 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 absolutely absolutely and then of course i mean i don't i think it's against marketing law not to mention patagonia when you get onto the issue yeah. of of values right so i mean outside of, of finance a, a perfect example right mm-hmm. yeah now i think um you know they they did the the i mean it was a mic drop when they did yeah. their whole kind of you know we're purposing out you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it goes beyond I think that that move you know really challenged everything about what brands need to think about and it challenged everything about what purpose means yeah Yeah. it's like the it's the epitome it's the very very top of the pyramid Mm -hmm. but I think there's Mm -hmm. lots of lessons that can be learned from how they ran the institution you know how they lived their values yeah I think, and I, I, I think that brand all is, is going to stand m- almost more for the values of what it does than the products that they sell, right? I think more of us, are, you know, there's, there's probably a body of people that know Patagonia for their values more than they know them for their products or have experienced their products at least, right? Yeah. So I, that's really interesting. Yeah. I, I yeah. And, and I mean, it's like, um, you know, when when HubSpot first started, I think it was HubSpot, mm-hmm. they, they started with a content marketing strategy that was based around outbound. They defined, they wanted to be useful. They wanted to define themselves around a particular marketing challenge and, and very much focused on that and became the people best known yeah. Uh, sorry for inbound marketing not outbound marketing mm-hmm. for inbound marketing right and they define that term so yeah you see these little examples everywhere don't you so but uh we uh, you know this is just our little short midweek episode mm-hmm. so um 
from this section of it, from your fourth principle, remember product isn't what it used to be. Uh, what are the what are the three things we need to take away from this, Liz? Um, so I think that the whole thing about really grounding in your your mission, yeah, mm-hmm. and the you know the idea of finding you know your purpose, yeah. and you know we just said we're not all going to be Patagonia, yeah, but if you really think about making your mission. Mm-hmm. your product right and when we talk so, about mission it's not your mission statement yeah 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 you know your mission is not to help your community your mission is what's the essence and actually yeah. you know i prefer the word purpose to mission so right. your purpose for being like right. you said studio bank the purpose to help artists mm-hmm. manage their money right right Patagonia, to protect and love and enhance the planet yeah right. yeah yeah find your purpose and really focus on that just on that quickly because i think we mentioned this a couple of uh, a couple of episodes ago but you can create these sub brands that are focused on this right so mm-hmm. if you're um you know if you have a specific particularly in the finance the world of finance yeah. right is your your you want to create this little place for a particular community let's yeah. call it a place i don't know it's a set of products and services yeah. but this could be a sub brand couldn't it it absolutely can be a sub brand yeah. and you know our my my belief and you know what we kind of stand behind in the book is that that could often become because it is more meaningful it's more outcome focused you know it could yeah. become the you know the leading strategy yeah. for yeah. the growth of a financial institution right so we got to make our mission our product or make our purpose our product yeah. which i think you prefer and i quite like the alliteration there is it yeah. the right word alliteration purpose and product there yeah. um what what else should we take away from this section okay um another bit of um the alliteration for today yeah. is the outcomes trump features functions and you know we also say and toasters so <laughs> this, this whole idea of kind of buying customers through yeah. products through rates through yeah. free gifts through whatever yeah. it's not about that it's got to be about what does the product you sell deliver Right. So the whole kind of, you know, the example that we just talked around in terms of the, you know, fertility loans. I always talk about, you know, Future Family is the yeah. kind of standout brand for me there. Yeah, and yeah. that is all about doing what matters to customers and making mm. that your product, not the fact that you're making a mm. loan. Right, right, right. That's, that's, that's good. So the third thing? The third thing is the conversation that we had around shared values Mm -hmm. is really what can create shared value. Yeah. And in this new world of purpose led institutions and brands, Mm -hmm. then it's about emotional connections, delivering a much deeper and connected sense of value and a sense of shared purpose when you choose a bank or a brand. 
Right, right. So the future of value is shared value is what I've got mm-hmm. in my notes here. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. And but you can't go too crazy with this stuff, right? Because um you still I mean th- this brand this brand purpose thing seems to have gone a little bit far with some people, but it's it's still absolutely part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, that purpose needs to be connected with your customers and connected with your products and all tied up together, yeah. right? So that's splendid. Thank you very much, Liz. And um, so that's wrapped up this week. I think next week we're going to talk about your fifth principle, yeah. which is coach and compose. I'm looking forward to that. So that'll be in Think Like a Brand Number Six. Yeah. We're getting ourselves confused. Think Like a Brand Number Six, where we do principle number five. Yeah. Anyway, um, I look forward to that. And so I'll talk to you next week, Liz. All right. Have a great week. And, and you. Take it easy. So that's a wrap on the fifth episode of Think Like a Brand, Not a Bank, special for the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. I've been your host, Ian Truscott. Thanks to Liz for her insight and to you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track and jiving along with us. I will include all the links to Liz and her book in the show notes, which you can find on your favorite podcast app or at rockstarcmo.com, where you can also find all our previous episodes. If you have any feedback or suggestions, spin the dial on the interwebs and say hello on the socials. We are Rockstar CMO just about everywhere. Or email us at hello at rockstarcmo.com or please leave a rating or review in your favourite podcast app. I'll be back with our usual show on Saturday with Jeff and Robert and Kathy McKnight will be returning in the backstage guest slot. I hope you'll join us for that. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. And thanks again for listening to Rockstar CMO FM. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.